When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. You're listening to From the Chair, and I'm your host, Mike Hamilton. Join us each episode as we talk to athletic directors from across America. We're going to talk about topics like leadership, career development, issues of the day, and I can promise you we're going to have some fun along the way too. So sit back, listen in, and let's dive in. Let's go. Well, welcome into today's episode. It is a real honor to have today the Director of Athletics for the National Champion Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Josh, how does that sound as an opening? Uh, a little surreal, uh, kind of still getting used to that uh thought but uh but nonetheless it's it's great it's been a great couple of weeks no doubt man well we're we're so glad you're able to join us and i know that you've had a ton going on coming off the national championship and and what a you know i've talked about that this this past week just everything that's happening um you know post post uh, cfp and and the 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 lift that you guys are already seeing from your great brand from that and and i do want to i actually want to spend some time on that today if we can um, I know that you have, you know, your your career started uh, in the sport of football in the Southeastern Conference when you were at LSU as a student, and then, you know, being at Louisiana Monroe, and then coming to Georgia, going back, becoming AD at Millsaps, and then coming back to Georgia. What was it, eleven or twelve years ago, I think. So, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of success at Georgia, particularly for a long time. So now to experience a national championships. Uh, national championship as the athletic director, I'm sure has been incredibly rewarding. 
Um, do, do talk a little bit about uh, the, the CFP experience for you guys as an athletic department, how you uh, experienced it as an athletic director, the, the win in Indianapolis just a few short days ago, and then what's been transpiring on your campus since. And we'll, we'll dive a little bit more in like the, the um, you know, fanatics experience, uh, you know, in terms of the souvenir sales and lift on development, and all those kind of things. But let's talk first about your experience as an athletic director as you went through the CFP process and all the demands that that places on an athletic director and an athletic program. Yeah, you know, the, the first thought that comes to mind is it, you have to really relish these opportunities because none of them are promised or, you know, given – you can't say, we'll be back here next year or whatever. You, those are the hopes and goals, but you really want to cherish those opportunities just to make the playoffs because we all know how incredibly difficult it is just to get to the semifinals. So from my perspective, and, and this is uh, from the leadership of Greg McGarity as well, is from our staff and coaches and student-athletes, you want to make these experiences special. So when you make get to these games, you really want to do it first class and make sure that you're as inclusive as possible um, because you can't get caught up in the, the dollars and cents of it because you really want to make sure you're creating memories for not just our student-athletes, coaches, but the staff that pour into this program. So really trying to do it first class, and, and there are some tough decisions that go along with that is, is who makes the cut and who can go on the trip and who can't. Um, but you want to be as inclusive as possible because these are memories that you want to make. And I think it, it really stood out to us is when we were making tough decisions back in 2017 about the Rose Bowl was, um, we, you know, let's be as inclusive as possible because we were able to make memories and then people still have great memories of that game. And now we were able to create some great memories as well. So that's the first step of it. And then there's just so many logistical components that go into moving this amount of people. And we've got great staff here who put a lot of time and work together um, from the buses and meals and hotels and airplanes and fly, all, all those things that go into it. And, you know, you're gearing up for the first game. You've got to look ahead to the national championship game as well, but you don't want to be presumptive. You don't want to, you know, well, but you there are some things you've got to get done and be, you know, be ready for. And then when you win that semifinal game, it kicks into another gear of, all right, we've got a tight turnaround. We'll be heading to Indianapolis in this short time and, you know, everything that goes along with that. Thankfully, um, there's been an evolution of that game and the, the championship game is less like a bowl and more like a shortened, you know, or a shortened bowl or a longer conference championship game. Um, yeah. So the logistics pare down somewhat um, when you think of that game. Um, but there's so many moving parts, and I'm so thankful for our staff, uh, our administrative staff, our football staff that work together to pull this off because it's 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 a blur, <laughs> you know, when leading up to that semifinal to to the end, it 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 just it flies by, and there's so much that goes into it. So you guys, um, yeah, I think you told me you're you're back to the hotel lobby, you're up celebrating with everybody until four o'clock in the morning in the lobby. I'm sure the fan scene was insane and. You're trying to focus on your staff and your personal family, and and uh, and enjoying the moment alongside of them. And then you come back to to uh, Athens, and in very short order, you have a national championship celebration. And I know all of that playing had to happen in, in advance, even in spite of the fact you didn't know if you're going to win the game or not. Right? Um, talk a little bit about. I saw I saw some I saw some great scenes from the national championship celebration uh, there in Sanford Stadium. Uh, a little bit of your pre-planning for that and, and the, just the experience of the parade and the time in the stadium as you guys celebrated. Yeah, you know, it's the balance, right? You don't want to look too far ahead because you don't assume anything, but there's things you've got to have in place working behind the scenes. And, again, it hats off to our phenomenal staff 
Um, so many of them from our event management office, promotions, facilities, ticketing office, sports. Inf- uh, there's so many departments that work together that have to do some preliminary things behind the scenes, right? You kind of have this, the skeleton idea of what it's going to look like from where the parade would go, how the celebration would take place in the stadium, a stage, sound, all those things. Um, and then you win the game, and then Tuesday morning that crew goes full speed activating all those items and moving from a Tuesday morning to a Saturday um, you know, noon, uh, 12:30. You think about how much was done in that short amount of time. In terms of, we knew our fan base would be really excited. So this wasn't going to be an event where we could just say, "Let's open the gates and see what we get." Like we knew we were going to get a demand of 92,000. So we couldn't, or, or greater, right? So we couldn't just open the gates because then we would have life safety issues, fire marshal issues in terms of 110, 120,000 showing up for 92,000 seats. So we had to allocate tickets. We want to make sure it was free because we didn't want this to be perceived as a money grab or, oh, God, they're selling tickets to this. So free tickets offered first to our students and our season ticket holders. And then whatever wasn't claimed would go to the public, add in the normal visiting team allotment, which gave us some uh, room to work with as well. So all those went available to the public at a certain time. Those tickets went, you know, within an hour. So we were essentially sold out. And then you offer – if anyone wasn't able to get a ticket, they're, they're able to come to the parade. So you have that opportunity as well. Um, but there were so many moving pieces. And, um, you know, again, it's that balance of what can you do before without being presumptuous? And then what do you start activating? And I'm just so thankful for our team here because they put together a phenomenal program from start to finish, from the parade to the celebration to all the small details. It really was a great day and a, just a phenomenal celebration. You know, I was watching you guys celebrate on the field that night and was talking to some of my colleagues around me. And I was like, you know, the emotion of all this for the participants and the staff and and you yourself uh, and others on your staff. You know, when you think about all that goes into performing at a high level from from uh, all the offseason work and the strength and conditioning, nutrition, you know, servicing injuries, all that kind of thing. And then every week, you know, you live in the moment of what do you, what do you do that week and the survival and winning a game and moving on. And, and, and to, for all that to culminate in this one moment where you actually win it, the emotion of that and the reflection of that is a, is a incredible thing. And, and I know you having been around football for a long time, um, yeah, I think back to when we won the national championship in Tennessee in 98, and certainly I wasn't on the football staff, and I was not the AD. I was a associate AD at the time. But but I remember there was a point in that season, you know, we came into the season not highly touted, but we kept winning, kept finding a way. The leadership was there. You could see it with Al Wilson and T. Martin and Peerless Price and others. And we had a game which, you know, fans who are a little bit older remember late in the year against Arkansas where it looked like fate was against us. And at the very end, and the, literally in the waning moments, it, we got the ball back and we marched down the field and scored. And at that moment, you feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe we're going to win this thing, right? Yeah. Was, was, there a, was there a time during this season or in the postseason, I could even be in that specific game where you said, you know, maybe this is our time? There were a few moments like that this year um, where the, the young men just kept rising to the challenge. And the, the leadership on this team is just um, amazing. There are so many veterans, not just seniors, but upperclassmen that just um, their resiliency and their character and their connection. We, you can't say enough great things about these young men. But I, I won't say the opponent, but there was a game this year where we won by a, a good margin. 
but we didn't play to what was defined as their expectation or standard. And post game, there wasn't celebration. There was basically, you know, a couple of veterans stood up and said, that's not our standard. We've got to play to our standard. And, and that was a moment when you, when you heard about that and you said, okay, that's, this team could be special. They've got a lot of special young men and just, just there's just so many small interactions that happen on a day to day with with so many of these young men where you just said that this group is different. There's just so many great leaders that you knew um, they were destined for something great. And and obviously, you know, football can go a lot of different ways, a, a fumble here or this and that, that that can define a game. But you knew beyond all of that, that this was a special group. And that's what I said um, at the celebration that a lot of these young men are going and be successful in the NFL, but a great even uh, a larger number of them are going to be successful in life. Uh, beyond the NFL or the ones that don't make it. There's just so many great young men that you, you saw that and you know they're destined for great things. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I realize it's early and you probably don't even have all the details yet, but give us a glimpse into, you know, what are you seeing in terms – you're one of the elite brands in college athletics. Great academic institution, unbelievable history, but it's been 41 years since you won the national championship. And so there's this pent up demand for sure. Right. So what you've shared a little bit with me, but for our audience, what, what are you seeing in terms of like the, the churn of national championship merchandise and requests about how can I get involved next? And can I buy a season ticket? What do I, you know, donations, whatever, what are you seeing early here from that? Yeah. So that's the, that's the big question I want to ask. What does this mean in terms of revenue and things? And it's really, hard to directly quantify there's the direct quantifiable things there's the indirect quantifiable things long term um and then there's some intangible things that you can't quantify but you know it's going to lead to growth of the program and uh, the athletic department so right off the bat i think we have you know we i think we've broken some records with in terms of uh you know some of our 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 merchandise and, and and what we've been able to do through that. And then I think the fanatics gear has gone through the roof. Um, and, and then we get a percentage of that. So there would be a direct um, impact of that financially of just merchandise. I think, you know, anytime you get to activate that's that additional game, that's championship game, some final final, there's some activation pieces, as you know, from a multimedia right standpoint that built in into contracts that gives you a little bump there. Um, then, then there's just standard growth or just the, the strength that we have Fortunately, we're a program that sells out in football tickets every year um, and people donate for that opportunity. So it could get a little more competitive because we've been able, we've been right at that line of where everyone that's donated has been able to get a ticket where it may get a little more competitive as donations keep coming in that there may be fighting for those last thousand or so seats. Um, so you expect growth in the donation to have the ability to buy tickets. Um, we've already, like I said, we've been sold out. So that's a moot point, but maybe, there'll be that greater demand will lead over to some of the, the non-conference games that maybe don't always sell out or when those visiting teams return those tickets, we'll be able to sell those a little faster than we've done in the past. But just that momentum and what it does for just donations and our ability to keep fundraising and keep building facilities um, is important because we have been able to keep building without taking on new debt. We've been able to build with fundraising. So as we don't take on new debt and our, um, you know, our, our debt service doesn't increase. That allows us to use more of that, those, that revenue to keep our operating budget going well to allow us to support our student athletes. So it's just the, the accumulation of things. But, um, and like I said, there's some that are direct and then there are some that are indirect. But, um, you know, it's going to, you can give us snapshots and times of what it means, but you'll be able to really look back in a few years and say, this is what it meant in terms of revenue as you 
as you look at the impact over years to come. Yeah. So in, in recent AD hires, there's there's interesting trend lines it's, it's, it evolves over time. And, you know, you've seen some more power five to power five hires. Um, you still con- continue to see, you know, move up from G5, to power five, power six. Um, and then there's been there have been a number of, of uh, elevation, elevated hires from folks who have been in roles like you were in or like Graham has been in Clemson. That was the that was my situation in Tennessee. You know, you've been on campus for a long time and now you're the athletic director. And one of the things that I think is interesting to talk about um, is uh, Georgia as is such a tradition rich place. And and I would say you probably would tell me and maybe maybe you will that, you know, culture is a, is a large part of the Georgia success narrative. Right. And so maintaining culture, growing culture, modifying culture when you're the new athletic director following folks who've been in the chair for a long time. Greg was there for a long time. Damon was there for a long time. Vince was certainly there for a long time. So. Now you're in this role and you, 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 you're taking the torch and you're running to the next stop. And uh, I'm curious your view on, number one, uh, do you think that's one of the reasons you got the job is the, for maintenance of, of culture at the University of Georgia? And then secondly, um, how do you view culture in the context of how you're going to lead? Yeah, so um, first off, just with I think maybe, the, yeah, that probably was a big factor for me of getting this position was, was continuity. And a lot of the credit goes to Greg McGarity and President Moorhead and the staff they built here in athletics because um, Greg built such a strong executive team. Um, our, our exec team is, to me, selfishly, and, 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 you know, I'm favoritism, but I think I've got one of the strongest executive teams in the country. So where it was easier for me to transition into that role because I had such strong people, a strong team around me that it was really me, just don't screw it up. You know, he built such a great, team and the culture so great here keeping that continuity going and i think that that helped someone who understands georgia understands the traditions understands where where we've been where we're headed but also um i think for myself someone who doesn't think they're bigger than the program and then knows that georgia was here before me georgia will be here after me it's not about me it's about the people it's about everyone from the custodian to the head football coach and everyone in between working together it's, it's not about the AD at all. It's about everyone else. And I think that was important. Um, and I think hopefully that's a trend when it's a fit and it makes sense for others. Not saying that's always the pathway, but I do think, you know, I'm great friends with Graham and Ed Clemson and, and glad to see that. And I think that'll, I think he'll do well there. Um, but I do think for me, that is a part of the culture I want to create. And, um, I hate to ever downplay the role of an AD, but I think the culture's got to be like, you know, coaches always talk about it's got to be a team led group, right? The, the best teams, are the ones that are led from within. And that's, that's for me, what it's like here, you know, I'm such a small piece of this puzzle. I've got so many great people who are so great at what they do that it's, it's, it's almost more of, of as a leadership role. We always talk about servant leadership, but that's what it is. It's, 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 it's knowing that I'm just a servant in this role and, and, and allowing other people to be successful um, ultimately makes all of us look good and helps us achieve greater things. Yeah. So, you know, Georgia has been consistent in, in terms of championships and competing for championships, SEC and national championships for a long time across the board, across all sports. And you've got some coaches who have been there for a long time in many cases. Do you now having the benefit of being there as long as you've been there, uh, particularly when you wrap in your first your first uh, time there, do you see common themes that among the kinds of coaches that Georgia attracts, 
kind of coaches the the how the coaches at Georgia play out uh, their leadership in different sports or just what stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, I, I, you, I think you do see common themes, um, and, and there are obviously differences between sports because they're so different in, in the needs and wants and, and how sports operate. Um, and in this interesting fact, I, this hit me um, this morning. I was thinking through some of the numbers, I think it was last night. Um, of our 15 head coaches, eight of our head coaches, eight of our current head coaches have won a national championship at some point in their career as a head coach. Wow. Um, so very thankful for that leadership. But you do see those common themes. And I think, um, you know, obviously you, you could see it in recruiting, right? It all starts there. It, you know, and, and it's the little things. It's how they how you treat people, how organized you are, and how, you know, how you develop a program and, and your process oriented. And I think when you see that and how they – the little things they do, and just you can tell a lot by a coach by – how they structure a recruiting weekend and how they're organized and recruiting. And you see it spill over into every other aspect of their program, their passion, their organization, how they attack each day. Um, you see those markers of success within that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as you evolve as an athletic director, one of the things that, you know, if you do much of a Google research on you, you'll, there's an article that talks about you being the people's AD. Right. And uh, <laughs> I, and I, I look, I think that's great. Right. And it was someone's opinion. It was an opinion column. Right. I don't think you're out like stumping for that or you've got a marketing <laughs> slogan or whatever. But but I, but I will tell you that in reading that it really hit home with me because what they were really trying to point out is your desire to connect with the student athletes and the fans and to being about the University of Georgia. And as you've already alluded to, it's a not not about you. Right. And there, there was mention in there specifically about, you know, your desire to um, decrease concession prices. And I know part of that is because it's the right thing to do. Part of it may be because of the, the pricing strategy at Mercedes-Benz down the road and you guys competing at Semper Fans sometimes. I also think a really cool thing is your desire to put Zaxby's ice in the concession stands. And I know that that's, you know, Zaxby's is certainly a big brand in the South and and has its roots in, in uh, just outside of Athens. And so what, what, what do you, uh, I, you, you kind of laughed a little bit. What, what do you think of when, when somebody says, Hey, that's Josh Brooks. He's the people's AD. You know, I, we have fun with it and, and people make fun of me about it, but I, I enjoy it because um, this is not my program. This is, this is Athens. This is Georgia. This is Bulldog Nation's program. It's not me. So I, I'm a servant, you know what I mean? I, I'll never take that for granted. So I, I'm here for the people and, you know, it can be overwhelming sometimes trying to respond to every email, every every uh, Twitter response or whatever. It, it can get to you. But at the end of the day, like I said, this is their program. So I want to be a servant to the people. And and I, I'm kind of maniacal and trying to make everybody's experience perfect. And I know I'll never get there. But I, I believe in that that Disney Chick-fil-A mentality of, 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 of great service and you know, it's little things. I always believe it's the little things that make the biggest difference sometimes. And as silly as, um, you know, changing the ice was and going with the Zaxby's ice, it makes a big difference. And and honestly, one of my mentors and, and, and someone I consider a friend I've got to know is, uh, you know, Chairman Billy Payne from Augusta National. And, and I was picking his brain this spring and I said, hey, I, I told him about the ice. And I said, please tell me if I'm this, this is just the silliest dumb idea. He goes, no, it's a great idea. You need to move with it. And when I had his blessing, I'm like, all right, I have the confidence now to move forward on something like this because the little things are the big things. And it's the little things that show you care. 
It's that we, we're not just going to settle for just average things. If we know there's a way that we can tweak something and make it take it from average to great, and, and if we're that focused on just how good the ice is, that should permeate over to everything else we do. That that's a standard. And I know it sounds silly, but if we know that just by doing that, we have the ability to partner with our great partners, Hackspies, and change just standard concessions ice to the best ice in the country, then that that hopefully bleeds over to everything else we do that have that mentality of trying to keep finding ways to get better um, in everything we do. I think I know it's, it's corny, awesome, but man. it's just something, I mean. Yeah, yeah, all the little things add up, right? Um, so the uh, the other thing I picked up on is, you know, you posted a picture uh, from the national championship game. I, I don't know if it was on stage or on the field or whatever, but but you were sharing a moment with uh, Nicobe Dean, and and you mentioned in the tweet that you know you had the chance over the last couple of years to serve serve as sort of a mentor. You guys have a mentorship program, and and I know that looks like different ways at different places or whatever. But to me, anyway, it highlighted this engagement with student athletes. Talk about that relationship that you've had there. And you, you actually mentioned in your tweet that you've learned more from, from him than, than vice versa. And, and I'd love to just unpack that for a minute. Yeah, so we, we've had a program here for a while where we match up staff members with student athletes. And um, I always try to claim anybody that's got a Louisiana or Mississippi connection, I always try to steal them as best I can. And Nicobe being from Horn Lake, uh, Mississippi, I was like, I want the, I want the Mississippi guy. Um, and, man, it took two minutes for me to realize that he needed no mentorship for me. It, it became more of a friendship than a mentorship um, because he's brilliant. He's a hard worker. He's got his head on straight, and he was one of the key reasons we were successful this year, his leadership. And he's going to get drafted in the first round and be a great NFL player. But, again, he's a guy that's going to go on and do great things in life. And I'm just so thankful for the time I've had with him. And, you know, we've, we've got to spend a lot of time together along the pathway and, and just – and as simple things as just checking in, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, talk to him after practice, um, whatever it may be. But just sharing that moment with him and that connection with that student athlete, you know, meant the world to me. And, and I didn't want to publicize that picture too much, but it was just such a special picture that captured so much of my emotions of being able to share the moment with him. Um, it reminds you why we do what we do. Um, having, you know, without student athletes, there's no reason for us. So having to see the joy in his face um, was was worth it all. And uh, and it reminds you that because you, you can get lost in this job, as you know, right? You can come in every day and get caught up in a meeting after meeting after meeting. You've got to carve out time. And, and I'm guilty. I've got to do a better job of this in year two of programming time for our student athletes. And I actually um, recently stole an idea. Um, and I think I told Desiree, I stole it from her, from Desiree Reed Francois about the, I read the other day that she did the party of five thing once a month. And I've already, I already did that here this week um, where um, once a month you, you have somebody pick, you know, five random student athletes and have lunch with them and just spend time with them. And I did it this, this, uh, this week here and no agenda. It was just, let's have lunch and let's learn. I want you to learn more about me, learn more about you. And then at the end, anything we could do better, it was the only question on the table. Um, but man, you talk about that. It was an hour or a little bit over an hour. And I was like, man, this could have been two or three hours. I didn't want this to end. And I got to program that more because, you know, if you don't program those things, they won't happen. It's hard for them yeah. to organically happen. So that was one of those things, um, an idea I stole, but an idea that I want to do more and more of. So like just going back to what we were talking about earlier, just they're the reason we're here. Those connections are, are, important they're fun that they're what make it all worth it and 
you know, for me, it's so much more fun when you get to know the student athletes and then you go watch them compete and you know about them. It makes that experience so much more enjoyable uh, getting to cheer them on and watch them do what they do. Yeah. You know, I used to always, uh, I, I didn't do the, the, the lunches specifically like Desiree does and like you've started, but I tried to go to the training table and sit with a group every now and then, right. Just get my, get my meal and go sit at their table. And I'm sure the first few times I did that, they were kind of freaked out about it, but, but you do <laughs> learn a lot. And, and I, and I did uh, something where I would pull, the, we had 260 employees, I think at the time. And I, I actually pulled together coffees with different employees from different units so you know, it's a lot of times they didn't have that interaction, right? And so the same type of thing there. Yeah, that's that's something else I got to do a better job. That's the things that you get in a year two, you start to reflect and say, okay, a year just flew by, and I had all these big things you wanted to do. But the, what I'm learning now more than ever is the year will fly by. You've got to program these things and um, and just connecting with people and let, letting them talk to you and giving them your ear, even if there's things you can't control, things you can't change. Um, being accessible, you know, we always say again, this is nothing new, but, uh, time is our most valuable resource. It's the one thing that, you know, we all have the same amount of when you can give it to other people, it means a lot, even if, even if you can't solve every problem, right. But just giving them time to, to give them time to give you feedback. You know, so I was at the university of Tennessee from 1992 to 2011. And so 10 years now gone by. And one of the things I take most pride in is that, you know, you would think SECAD, you know, the football guys, you know, the basketball players, men's and women's or whatever. And that's sort of sometimes where it stops. But the 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 student athletes, former student athletes that I've stayed in touch with through the years, you know, represents the whole gamut. I mean, yeah. from those who ran track for us, who swam, there's a tennis player that had an accident when I, when we were in school and I went to the hospital to see him and his mom. He, he has never let me forget that. Right. And um, you know, golfer who finally, after so many years, made it to to the tour and, you know, reaching out and touching base with him and that kind of thing. And so I think to your point, that's that's where the rubber meets the road and what this is really all about, in spite of all the other craziness that's going on around you all the time, of the things that you have to deal with. And and so I, I sense from you in the time that the short time that we've known each other, that that's going to be the kind of athletic director you're going to be. I'm curious, we had a uh, at a dinner table this past week in Indianapolis convention, you know, some ADs sitting around, as you know, and we were talking about how do you engage with um, your teams like on campus, you know, game days. Do you go to the locker room? Do you not go to the locker room? Do you go to post game? Do you, you know, shake the hand of the coach before the game? That kind of thing. How do you want that part of your role to be in terms of engagement with your teams when they're in competition? Yeah, I've thought I've actually given that some thought, and it's it's so different from sport to sport, depending on the nature of the sport and in the access to the court and trying to interrupt and when when they have natural breaks in action and, um, you know, I, I've got to do a better job of when I do go to an event of being you know it's not grandstanding, but you want to be seen because you want them to know you're there, right? I'm not a big, I try not to go in the locker room too often. Sometimes I try to keep that just a special place for them. Um, but you want them to know you're there and trying to find those little ways to connect where they know um, you are there and you're supporting them. Um, Cause I do go to quite a number of, of, you know, the majority of the home contest, um, but it just looks, it just looks so different from sport to sport. And it's sometimes it's easier to others like tennis. It's very easy at tennis because of our setup that right there before introductions that I can go right through, make a lap through and, 
give them a fist bump and wish them luck. That's an, it's an easy one, right? But depending on the sport, it may be a little harder because of the natural flow of pregame and, and the, the production that goes on. So it is a little different or harder depending on the sport. And you, you don't want to, you don't want to ever interrupt a pregame routine or anything like that or get in the way or, or look like it's a, Hey, look at me, you know, type thing. But I do think it's important for to try to find ways to let them know you're there anytime you can. Um, and, you know, sometimes that's just making sure you're active on social media that, you know, like almost checking in that I'm here and, and just a go dogs tweet with a, a pregame yeah. uh, retweeting what's going on because social media is important currency to our student athletes. That's one of the ways that they, validate uh, the support so that that's an easy way but um you know that's some of those things that after year one that i've been kind of taking stock and reflecting and saying okay this is what my intention like going back to this is what my intentions are this is what i've actually done and taking all right let's look at this and let's see how we can make improvements on that okay you did go to the softball game but they didn't even they probably didn't even know you were there um and it's weird for me because, like, before, who would have ever cared if I was at a game or not, right? And they didn't care. I, no one would – but, okay, I'm the AD. Understand that responsibility. It is important to make a lap and, and, and you know, go fist bump the players and shake the coach's hand and, and wish them luck before the game when you can. I, I do, th- do think those things are important. Yeah. I want to riff off that for, for a question, and then I've got a final question for you after that. So, to that point um, – Look, it'd be easy to say, you know, and look, this may be unfair because you probably hadn't completely played this out, but it sounds like you've at least been toying with it. You know, you've been drinking through a fire hose, right, the last last year, and then now all of a sudden you won a national championship. You're just trying to survive the day along with COVID and, you know, all the other stuff that's going on, right? And uh, and so, you know, as you as you step back, if, you're a, if you were able to step back, which you will be able to do at some point, and you said, in addition to all the things that I have to handle professionally, you know, what are the two or three things that I believe that going into the next 12 to 24 months are most critically important to me as an athletic director, as I grow into this job to work on? What would, what would that be? Yeah, I think we've, we've hit on some of them. Um, It's gotta be, you know, year one, I was drinking through the fire hose and and we were still, and we're still living through this pandemic and whatever you want to call it, the impact of COVID on our programs, the impact of so many other things that you felt like year one, you're just trying to get by right now going into year two, I've seen a year in this chair. So now we've got to take and program more time. And I, I really started doing this more the summer of this last year, six months in is spending time programming time to be strategic with my exec staff and team to start planning out things to where we're not just always being reactive. Got to be a little more proactive on things. Cause if like we talked about earlier, if you're not careful, your day could get eaten up with meetings and, and solving problems all day long. But you've got to carve out times to be strategic and think long term and think, OK, let's talk about this master plan. Let's talk about this master plan. Let's talk about all these components where it's not so reactionary. Um, the other piece of that we talked about a little bit was being strategic about programming time to meet with staff and student athletes and not just thinking it's organically going to happen. It may but it's not going to happen at the rate or the, the amount you want if you don't program it. Um, I think finding time for myself um, through this process to where um, I, I've not done a good job of it, but I'm going to work very hard finding a time to get away and clear my mind. Um, I think I was so focused on just 
go, 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 that I'm going to have to find some time here. Maybe let's spring break, maybe in the summer to get a few days here to just um, unplug a little bit and, and being okay with admitting that, that it's not a competition to see who can, who can work the most of my days in a row, but being okay with stepping away for a little bit. Like I said, this place has been here before me. This place will be here after me. Um, you know, I can, it's okay to step away. Um, but yeah, I think just being overall to encapsulate all that is being more intentional about how my time is used, whether it's for personal, whether it's for getting to know student athletes or coaches or staff or, um, or being strategic, all of that, it all fits into being more intentional with how my time is used. And that may mean saying no to more things or saying no to this meeting or this request of something else. Um, I heard a long time ago, someone said what they're most proud of is what they actually say no to, not what they do, but what they don't do. Um, So just being more intentional and strategic about how I use my time. Yeah, that's great. Just real quickly, you've got uh, three sons, uh, two of whom are twins, one who at least at least one who has started to have a pretty successful track career. Right. And I I know that you guys are in the middle of an adoption process. Are you finding time to to be with your boys at this stage or or is that has that uh, been one that one of your goals you've got to continue to work on? That's actually one I am um, – I'm actually feel really good, proud of how that first year went. Um, I, I Given that – I actually – that was one of the things I thought about long and hard before I went after the position was if I take this job, I can't sacrifice my family. And I wouldn't – and I, I told – and I, after discussing with some friends and some colleagues, I made a decision that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to do it in a way that won't sacrifice my family. Now, there's going to be sacrifices in terms of – events I have to go to that they can't come. But I've been very intentional about, um, you know, a football road trip. I'm either taking my wife or one of my three boys on a football trip. A- every athletic event I can, 90% of the athletic events I go to, I've got either my wife or one of my three boys with me and just tagging along. And, and I found as a father, you know, sometimes it'll be two or sometimes it'll be all three, but a lot of times I try to just have one with me at the event. I can have a lot better um, connection when it's just one or, or two, but, but not trying to spread myself too thin, but where I can get some one-on-one time. Um, that's actually something I've, I've been proud about how we've been able to manage it. My wife's been great. Um, but you know, I was able to take, um, one of the boys with me to the, uh, to the women's college tournament, San Antonio. I took one of my boys to, to me with the world series it's called softball world series. And I took the other one to, um, the, uh, track national championships, Oregon. And then I took, each of them to a, a road trip this year in football. So that's one that's, of the things I, I feel really good about programming and I'm going to continue to keep working on that and keep that in the, in the fold. Yeah. Keep it up, man. I mean, it is a, it is, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact this is a, um, a job. It is a career where, uh, you know, it's good for young people to be around it and to, to see role models and to, to be a part of it. And so I, I want to encourage you on that front. I think it's awesome. And I have not seen any negative impact of that. You know, you, I guess the voice creep in your head and say, how will donors feel about that? How will student, but the student athletes love it when they see my family engaged and supporting them as well. I think the donors love it when they see that I, I have my family with me um, and they get to you know see the boys and meet them. And I think it's all been positive. So there, for whatever negative fears I may have had about what that could mean, there have been none. I think it's only been positive of them uh, tagging along with me. So, um, yeah, no regrets on that front. 
Well, it humanizes you as a, as a person and what you need to always do because becoming an AD becomes like a figurehead job at some, in some folks. And we need to continue to encourage people to remember that these are human beings. In That's these right. Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. We're all yeah. Human. And then seeing our families. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to see that I love Georgia and my kids are, my kids are born in Athens. They are red and black through and through. And it, this means something to us and we're supporting all 21 programs. And, and, you know, hopefully it does humanize me and, and shows, how much Georgia means to me and my family. Yeah. Well, man, you've been kind with your time today, Josh. And I really want to say thank you for that. I you know, want to reiterate again, my congratulations, our congratulations from Learfield at your success uh, with winning the national championship this year. I know from my personal conversations with you, you don't take that lightly. You know what a, an accomplishment and a gift that is. And so just, uh, I want to say thanks for being with me today. You got it, Mike. I appreciate your time and appreciate your mentorship and your friendship and, and just your, your ear when needed. We do everyone in this industry appreciates you. We'll keep it up, brother. All right. So you've been listening to the director of athletics from the university of Georgia. This has been Josh Brooks and I'm Mike Hamilton, your host from front of the chair. Hope you'll listen into all these episodes, wherever you catch your podcast, or you can view it on YouTube as well. We'll see you next time.